Hello, 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 everyone. This is Season 5, Episode 37 of Brody Sports Talk. But we all know that you are here to listen to us because of a big five and a big eight. That is because it is Super Bowl 58 coming from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, coming up this coming Sunday. I am your host, Caleb Walgren, and the one of the owners of the Green Bay Packers, and I am joined by a fantastic co-host who does not delight so much in the red of the Super Bowl, but prefers things to be a little bit more orange, and that is because he is Captain Orange, Derek Rusnick. Derek, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I, I just put in grass on my practice field, and I'm hoping the 49ers will not be as upset with my grass versus the grass, grass at uh, UNLV. I mean, uh, I think the 49ers forgot the first rule of traveling to Vegas. Uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, if you travel there and you do not like your practice field, you immediately tell everyone. So uh, I, I believe that's a, almost a, an early point for the Chiefs before we even get the game started. But uh, alas, it is not. Uh, Derek, just to want to go through a rundown of what we're going to talk about tonight. We, of course, have our Brody Spotlights, the little things that we want to just highlight that are going on uh, with football or other things in the world of sports. Then we're going to do an impact player draft for the Super Bowl, uh, which will be all non-quarterbacks. We all know quarterbacks are going to have an impact, but we don't need to dive into them on this. Then we have a 20-item prop bet draft to where we will see who gets more right, uh, Caleb or Derek. And it's one of those where if Derek takes one side, I automatically get the other and vice versa. It will be chaos because that is how the prop bet draft usually goes. And last but not least, we will have our score predictions for the Super Bowl. But before we dive in to Super Bowl 58 between the 49ers and Chiefs here, Derek, what do you want to spotlight outside of the Super Bowl to get things going? Yeah, so we've finally gotten all of our head coaches in the NFL uh, with Mike, McDon- Mike McDonald from the Ravens headed over to the Seahawks and uh, Dan Quinn, D.C. and Dallas headed over to division rival uh, Washington Commanders. Um, so this leaves out a couple of big name guys that we have seen coach in the past. That includes Bill Belichick, Mike Rabel, Eric Bieniemy is currently um, out of the Commanders as as the OC. I'm sure he's going to find some place that he can be a senior analyst or something like that. And probably the same thing with Rabel and, and Belichick. Um, so we we've come down to. Uh, we've got everything in here now. We've got Gerard Mayo going uh, as a Patriots, Antonio Pierce as a Raiders, Brian Callahan. You know, for all you Nebraska fans, we know the the Callahan name. Uh, for the Titans, Jim Harbaugh. To the Chargers, uh, Dave Canales. Uh, for the Panthers, Raheem Morris. For the Falcons, Mike McDonald. For Mike McDonald for the Seahawks and Dan Quinn for the Commanders. Uh, so. We've finally gotten now that everything is is settled and like I mean there's still a little bit of hey this guy is going to be the the new OC or this is you know there's still staffs to be filled out in completion but we now know what the what next year is going to look like when it comes to 
the coaching hires. Other than, I would say, Jim Harbaugh, I don't see any big names on that list that just blow me away. I would say the second best uh, pickup is Dan Quinn going to the Commanders. Um because it's it's intra division, it is Dallas to Washington. Um, so now that I mean, and, and we we have some fun like OC. Uh, you know, I, I I like defenses, but the offensive coordinators uh, make make me smile as well. So Cliff Kingsbury going to the Commanders with Dan Quinn. Luke Getzey gets a uh, a job with the Raiders. Um, there was talk that, uh, that was going to be Chip Kelly. And we'll talk about that here in just a, a little bit of time. But, uh, Luke Etsy just got fired from the Bears because he couldn't get, uh, Justin Fields, like, couldn't give him a good offense. And yet all of a sudden, uh, he's going to go to the Raiders and change everything. Arthur Smith, the former head coach of the Falcons, the Steelers OC, Kellen Moore moves from, uh, LA to, the Eagles, and then Zach Robinson uh, was a Falcon. We've talked about him in the past. Um, so the main thing for me is I know you probably can't um, hire Bill Belichick with some of these spots are not a good fit for him. He has to win, you know, ten games each over the next three years to get to that record, um, and he's not getting any younger, and he's not going to want to give up any kind of power that he's had in the past so there really wasn't a great spot for him maybe the chargers but i think the chargers wanted to have harbaugh anyways um so you know he'll the the, the i'm sure there's going to be some you know senior analyst or assistance to the blah 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 and make up a title to get uh those guys on the staff but the biggest thing is we know there's going to be firings in the middle of the season what if Bill Belichick steps into one of those better teams that uh, that has a a staff, but their their head coach just doesn't do a very good job, aka the Falcons? Maybe uh, something goes completely wrong. Bill Belichick um, had a good interview there, from what I understand. Um, you know, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of lot of things that could happen. Uh, in the middle of the season, and we've seen replacement uh, players come in and, and take over. So why not replacement coaches? Caleb, what do you what do you have thoughts about now that we've now that all the dominoes have fallen um, on the NFL side? What do you think about uh, where the coaches are now? I think it's just been a really interesting off season to see who all landed where. Um, there's such curiosity from me as far as what did Bill Belichick want or what was he willing to give up? Because we don't really know. We just know that he is very close to getting the most wins all time as an NFL head coach. I think that he definitely has potential. Part of me feels like the Falcons were a bit of an odd fit. And I think that, some people would argue if the Dallas or Philly jobs came open that Bill Belichick would have been a good hire by either of those teams. I think that you could at least make that case a little bit stronger because 
I think if you're going to bring in Bill Belichick, you're bringing him in because of his X's and O's and his ability to go out there and do more with what the, especially the defense has from what they've done. I mean, we're talking about a Cowboys team that went out and laid a gigantic egg in their playoff game against the Packers and Dan Quinn's vaunted defense just didn't stop anything that game, Derek. And I'm not trying to rag on the Cowboys here. I'm just saying, I don't think you're going to see Jordan Love put up 48 on a Bill Belichick defense in the playoffs. Like that just doesn't seem likely. Um, I do think that part of it is the game going a little bit more offensive. Um, when you talk about Canales, the new coach for the Panthers, they're partnering him with Bryce Young. Um, you know, he did well with Baker Mayfield this last year. He did well with Geno Smith in Seattle the year before that as the quarterback's coach there. It was a matter of we need to be able to get more out of this person we traded up and gave up so much for than we did this past season. Frank Reich clearly was not the answer for that. And now they're going to hope that Dave Canales, who doesn't have a ton of experience, is going to be able to show up and take care of that for them. Um, But it's just interesting, Derek. There's always dominoes where you go, huh, this guy didn't get something. I think it'll be good for Belichick to at least sit out a year and see what opens up, possibly get a different philosophy, um, maybe uh, go to the uh, the old classic Nick Saban school of <laughs> coaching, like rebranding, uh, learn something down there, except that Nick's not there. So I, it's it's tough. It's tough to know exactly what the case is going to be, but it seems like we have some really smart people who know a lot more about football than you and I do, Derek. Uh, that are out of a job this coming year. And it feels odd, to say the least. I, I'm agreeing with you on that one. It does feel odd that, well, okay, if you tell me that you know, if the biggest news is Mike Frable is out of a job, I would be like, Ugh, you know what, that's, that's not smart. Someone should have picked him up to be a DC for a while or, you know, Ohio State should have done something or blah. You know, there's, but if you're telling me that both Mike Rabel and Bill Belichick are not on a sideline, um, I'm thinking that there is a lot more ego in the uh, front office where the owner sits than there is uh, than there where it used to be. So um, we're seeing a lot more of the owners stepping up and being like. I'm making the decisions. I'm paying for all this stuff. I'm making the decisions on my football team about who's going to do what, when, and where. And you know, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of loud voices on this uh, list that I have, that I put out earlier. Um, I'm not seeing a whole bunch of uh, Bill Belichick's and Mike Vrabel's who are going to make their opinion heard. Um, I think there's a lot of guys on here that coach football. I mean, doing a, a really good job coaching football. Um, but I also think there's a lot of uh, of guys. We'll put Jim Harbaugh up there with the uh, with the Belichick type that he's going to get his way. He's going to get what what he wants done. But newer guys, younger guys, um, I think you're going to see that the front office and the owners are going to have a lot more impact on 
the personnel and the things that happened in the, in the building versus the head coach. I think that makes a ton of sense. I think that makes a ton of sense, Derek. But uh, if we're going to be talking about the the coaching carousel, let's go ahead and talk about the one that, uh, of course, me as the Packers owner was just really kind of curious about. And that, of course, was the hiring of Jeff Halfley to be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Now, if you're not familiar with Jeff Halfley, he spent the last four years being the head coach of the Boston College Eagles. Now, Boston College, they're in the ACC. They're, I would say they're a good but not great team. And in his time there, he went 22-26. and 26. I wouldn't call it a, a bad record by any means, but Boston College is not known for their collegiate success. And when I think of Boston and I think of where they are in the pecking order as far as potentially getting uh, booster money for NIL, you've got the Patriots near there, you've got the Bruins, you've got <laughs> the Celtics, you've got the Red Sox, you've got all of these teams that people are more interested in than Boston College football. You could even argue that from a collegiate perspective, it's not even the most prestigious academic school in the area as you're up in the Ivy area with Harvard and all of those things. And Halfley just, he, he'd been in the NFL before, actually a lot of time spent as a defensive backs coach, Derek. Uh, he had moved up with Greg Schiano. He had ended up there with Rutgers and moved to the NFL with him as a defensive backs coach when he took the Tampa job, but then bounced around with Cleveland and went to San Francisco when Shanahan got over there. So not a bad mind. Uh, he, the last time he was a defensive coordinator, even it was at Ohio state as a co-defensive coordinator and secondary coach. That was a team that had Chase Young and Jeff Okuda. So if you remember Jeff Okuda being good enough to get drafted in the first round of the draft by the Detroit lions, Jeff Halfley made him look good, <laughs> which is saying a lot because Jeff Okuda has not looked that good lately. If he makes our corners look good, if he makes our defense look good, I'll be excited. But I feel like in general, the the timing of, hey, I want to give up a semi-prestigious uh, Power 5 college football job that, you know, I had a winning record at last year. I won a bowl game to say, nah, I'm going back to the NFL. I've had enough of this. It feels a bit odd to someone who loves both sports because normally if you're a head coach, you want to stay as a head coach. You don't really want to go work underneath someone else again. Were you kind of taken back by this, Derek, or what are your thoughts about Halfley taking the job with the Packers? I get a little bit, uh, I I think I kind of saw the same thing you saw. Like, Hey, you're a head coach at a, I mean, you know, a pretty decent program that they've put out some NFL guys. Um, and you're going to step away from that just so you can go be a DC in the Packers. You know, good, good on you. That's, uh, if that's what you want to do, more power to you. I think that the landscape of college football has changed so much in the last, let's say less than 10 years that I think it's, it's a much easier, better job to go be in the, the NFL. Now, look, I, I just went through the list of, 
of, of head coaches and OCs. Um, I didn't talk about the, you know, the DC, um, that kind of just jumps around the NFL. And that's Vic Fangio. He's now the DC for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he was a head coach in Denver. He, uh, DC in Miami. He's basically had not had a job for about three weeks in the last seven to 10 years in the NFL because he's really good at defenses. Um, there was a report, nothing verified by the man himself, but before Luke Getze, uh, took the job in the, as the Raiders OC, uh, so after Cliff Kingsbury was going to be the uh, was going to be the offensive coordinator uh, in a short period of time before Lou Getzey got it, there was rumors that Chip Kelly, the head coach of UCLA, was going to be the OC with the Raiders. Um, he uh, Luke, uh, sorry, Chip Kelly did a, a pretty good job as the uh, as the Oregon head coach. Um, had a great offense, became the head coach in the Philadelphia Eagles, and there was a little bit of uh, didn't do too well in the NFL and lost a job and has been about uh, the the coaching at this point. Uh, but UCLA is about to go into the Big Ten uh, with USC, and so it's going to get significantly harder than playing in the Pac-12. Um, I think we're going to see – a lot more really smart guys who are defensive geniuses, offensive geniuses, uh, step away from head coaching positions and taking up a coordinator job in the NFL because you only have to really worry about um, 45, 46 weeks a year. Um you know, you have probably five or six weeks that you really don't have to, you, you can go take a vacation. Okay, I know during this time, bleh, that I can take my family to Italy or whatever. Head coach at a college is a 53-week-a-year job, um, and there's only 52 weeks in a year. So they are so busy recruiting, NIL, the actual coaching itself. Um, the, it is It is a 24-7 365-day job, and I think people are looking at it like, hey, I really don't want to be a head coach in the college ranks because if I can get a job in the NFL, cool, I get fired. Guess what? I'm going to get another job in a week or so after that because I'm good at my job. If you are a head coach in the NFL, it, it gets you to a different level of respect, and if you do your job halfway decently – you're going to go be, you know, worst case scenario, you go be a linebacker's coach or a, you know, quarterback coach someplace. And then you work your way back into a coordinator or head coach position in the NFL. There's only 32 head coaches in the NFL. It's a very special thing. It's true. And I, I'll just go ahead and, and try to close this up a little bit because even programs where we would typically say you have elite talent or, uh, you know, they have uh, the blue bloods, for lack of a better term. Like Nick Saban stepped down. Kalen DeBoer, who literally took his team to a national championship, came in and tons of people at Alabama hit the transfer portal. Like 
people will be saying we want Bama in a serious way next year because they're going to say, who's left? Like, the quarterback had entered the portal. A lot of the top receivers had entered the portal. Like, some people are probably going to Bama to be at Bama, but Kalen DeBoer's got his work cut out for him. And that's the thing that's happening all over the place. You're having coaches go one way, players go another way, and I I think that it's fair to say, Derek, that the job for a, a college football head coach is almost more like an NFL GM. You're you're literally having to keep the players on your current roster happy. And let's face it, that's something you shouldn't have to worry about when you go the player through the wrong route. You don't have to go, I hope that this receiver of mine doesn't get upset that he threw it to the wrong guy and that he'll enter the portal because my player did the wrong thing. Like, there's so much that's going on with college football right now that it makes it very chaotic. Um and let's face it, that's why we've seen lawsuits against the NCAA over the, the you know, since the college football season ended. Like, what the heck's going on? There is nothing in control of this. And I love how the Big Ten and SEC were like, hmm, we're going to take a closer look into this. As I go, the Big Ten and SEC are going, like, I don't know if there's a way to secede from the NCAA and just start your own, like, entity but it's close to happening well how many teams are in the uh in the big 10 uh well i i'm sorry you, you asked me that and i'm like wait i have to check how many teams are joining i think it's like 14 <laughs> or 16 it's like, i think we had 14 and we're adding four so i want to say it's going to 18 okay yes, then how many going are to the 18 SEC? in 2024 the sec is have, give me a second here. I want to say fifteen, sixteen. They're at that. fourteen and going to sixteen. Okay, so sixteen and eighteen um, is thirty-eight. No, uh, thirty-six. Thirty-six. I'm. I, I, or, why am I doing math? Thirty-four. Thirty-four, my friend. My okay, aunt. so thirty-four. Um, and we just talked about uh, the NFL, which has thirty-two teams. So why can't you just make your own NFL if you're the Big Ten SEC? Like we've got, we've got all of these great and and you know if they go do that, okay, well we're gonna, we're going to go poach, um, we're going to kick Vanderbilt out and we're going to take Clemson. Okay, we're going to kick I don't I don't know uh, Northwestern out and Please. take Florida State. Um, I mean, don't, my third one, don't, don't let me say it, but let's kick Nebraska out and take, uh, you know, someone else. Like, they I thought you were going to take Nebraska out and take Oklahoma State in. I could have sworn that was what you were going to say. <laughs> I was, but I couldn't, I was like, I, I can't do that to my buddy. Um, like, you go, let's at least get rid of Arkansas are, for Oklahoma State, okay? Okay, Arkansas for Oklahoma State. I mean, I think Oklahoma State has won more in the last decade than uh, Arkansas has. So, um, you know, like, like they're they're going to make the super conference, and then they're going to they're going to get the best teams, and then everyone it's going to be a huge super conference, and then we're going to have a uh, the everybody else. 
we're very close. We are so close to that being the reality. It's kind of ridiculous. And that's okay. That's okay. But all I know is the more that this pops up, the more I go, huh, okay. Let's see uh, how all this looks. So let me go ahead. Let's jump over to the wide world of sports here, Derek, because there was an announcement that was made that on NFL kickoff weekend, we're going to have the Thursday night game, and then we're going to have a Friday night game uh, because the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be hosting a game in Sao Paulo, Brazil, at Corinthians Arena, thus opening up the international stage even more, and the first ever South American contest. I think it'll be interesting to see the Brazilians getting excited for it, and I just want to see a lot of fun. That You know, Brazil's hosted World Cups. They've hosted Olympics. They're ready for the stage. It's just a matter of what happens and where we all know the economic boom that hosting one of these NFL games can have. Just look at what it has done for Germany with their economic impact the last couple of years. And also with London, how they get so many people coming in from all over Europe, Africa, wherever, because it's just so much closer than trying to get to the U S Derek, there are nine home games for the Eagles next year. They are the Falcons, Panthers, Browns, Cowboys, Packers, Jags, Giants, Steelers, and Commanders. Uh, are there any of those that you would say, I really want to see this, or what are your thoughts about this in general? You have to go Jags, because the Jags are the team that's just going to go wherever you want them in the world. Um, we're going to send them to London. We're going to send them to... Germany, we're going to send them all over the place. And so I think you have to go Jaguars because we know that they are going to travel. They uh, somehow, some way also, you know, probably the closest team uh, to fly to Brazil because of Florida. Um, you know, that might be the, uh, the best case scenario. I think that you, uh, I mean, there's a lot of really great teams on there, but I also don't think it's going to be a, uh, a division team. I think it has to be outside the division. And uh, why not? Why why can't it be the Jaguars? So I'm trying to think of what games Philly would for sure want to protect and say we want their fans to come to our stadium because we know that it will just be a better experience. Again, you're right, divisional games, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, I would cross those out. Uh, Hosting the Steelers and the Packers, both of those teams travel like nobody's business. So I think that you would probably take both of those off. I think if you're looking at it from what's left, uh, you mentioned the Jags, but I think you could also go with uh, potentially the Browns, say that you have two playoff teams from last year, uh, possibly uh, depending on Watson's recovery. Uh, we could see elite Joe Flacco taking the field <laughs> in Brazil. Uh, hey, if there's a chance, there's a chance. Uh, also, I I just want there to be a little bit of – Chaos. Like, I wish the Ravens were on this list. I wish that the Brazilians could see Justin Tucker kick a football and, like, how beautiful that is. Jake Elliott is a beautiful kicker as well as far as being able to put it in from long distance. But uh, 
I, I kind of wish that they were able to see Tucker come down and do his like pregame kicks and whatnot. Um, it, it'll be interesting though. It'll be interesting. I, I don't think that anything is overly set and they have not set it yet, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, any other thoughts on this one, Derek? No, I, uh, I really like this idea. I know that we're trying to go international. So, um, you know, let's see what Brazil can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and go to our Super Bowl impact player draft. Of course, we are talking about the Super Bowl 58, where the 49ers are a one and a half point favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs. We said earlier, and I'll just remind everyone who is listening again, that we are not going to be drafting quarterbacks for this list. Uh, I, through the luck of the die, was able to go ahead and get the top pick in this draft. We're not snaking because then Derek and I would have to talk too much when we have picks back to back. So we're going to alternate picks and just have some fun with it as we look at these teams from the West Divisions. Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Derek's division rival and his bad bandwagon team being in the Super Bowl together. So, uh, Derek, I have the top pick. Do you have a guess where do you think I'm going? Or do you not want to give anything away? I think that you are going to go with a skill player. I'm going with Chris Jones, the defensive tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs. He is a player that we had last week when we did our all Brody team. And I just think that what he does makes the rest of the defense play better around him. Uh, you can look back to the first game of the year when they didn't have him against the Lions and they struggled. What happens with Spagnolo's defense matters way more than what I think happens with the, when the Chiefs have the ball because they need to be able to go out there and try to shut the 49ers down as many times as possible. And the shortest way to get to the quarterback is to go right up the middle against those guards. So I'm going with Chris Jones. I thought about going with a, a skill position player, but I was like, you know what? Uh, I want to give a big man some love. So let me get, get Chris Jones in here. Uh, Derek, any thoughts or reactions to that pick? I, I, I misspoke. Uh, what I should have said is the most skilled player on the team and the person who's going to have the biggest impact, uh, yeah, is Chris Jones. He was my number two guy on my list. Uh, so it's good that you took him. Um, you know, if, you know what, I guess I'm going to have to talk about big guys as well. So my number one pick, the most talented player on the field, Trent Williams, uh, offensive tackle, uh, <laughs> 49ers. Uh, this is the, everything goes through, through Trent Williams. Uh, if he has a bad game, the Niners have no chance. Um, we have seen what Brock Purdy does when Trent Williams is not on the field. And so, um, yeah, MVP, I mean, he's, va- he's the most valuable player on the field. Um, but he won't, you know, never win the, the MVP because you don't do that off the lineman. Boo voters. 
I like where you're going with Trent Williams because I do think that he is very much an impact in both the passing game and the running game. And I'm going to go ahead and take Christian McCaffrey, the running back for the 49ers here at number three in this draft. I don't need to explain this. Christian McCaffrey scores touchdowns. He gets them through the running game. He gets them through the receptions. Sometimes he passes for touchdowns. If there was one person outside of the quarterbacks that I would say could win MVP in this game, it's probably Christian McCaffrey. And it's like if he loads up all the touchdowns and the 49ers win, that's who it's going to. So I, you knew he had to be mentioned here as we did this draft. So, uh, Happy to have Christian McCaffrey here at third overall. Uh, Derek, where are you going next? Okay, so so far we have gone Chief 49er 49er. Let's head back to the Chiefs uh, and talk about Travis Swift. I mean, I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey, uh, who is arguably the best tight end in the NFL. Um, and probably history, uh, you know, I'm going to, to hold, uh, space for Shannon Sharp because of, uh, you know, Denver. But, uh, he's got the most receptions, uh, I think receiving yards now in postseason history. Um, I mean, it's easy when you have that quarterback, uh, playing, uh, like he does, but, um, We've seen, we have seen the wide receivers on the Chiefs have issues catching the ball. And, uh, I know that Travis Kelsey doesn't have a whole lot of drops this year. Um, I am going to say that if he, if he doesn't have, uh, that many receptions, we're looking at, at, at a tough game or, uh, another impact player had a better game for the Chiefs. Interesting. Very interesting, Derek. I'm going to take this next impact player one and put some spin on it. Okay. Because I really think that how this player does can be really telling for who wins the game. So far, I feel like we've done a really good job of saying, I think these are the, at least arguably, some of the best players. Mm-hmm. This one is one that causes me a little concern, and it's Jawan Taylor, the okay. offensive tackle for the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, he usually is over there at right tackle for them. He's not Donovan Smith. He's not the, the better blocker. Jawan Taylor, though, sometimes his stance is a bit weird. Sometimes they'll want to call him for a false start because he does move right at the snap of the ball a lot. He's probably going to be going up against either Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Randy Gregory. Some of, like, the 49ers have pass rushers, and I'll be for real. Steve Wilkes is probably going to be dialing some stuff up because the mm-hmm. 49ers did not get the pressure the way they were expecting against either the Packers or the Lions. So, Jawan Taylor, you want to make him think. You want to run stunts. You want to do all sorts of things. But Taylor is the person that I'm gunning for if I'm Steve Wilkes. I'm saying make Jawan Taylor beat us. Make him hold someone. Get those 10-yard penalties. Get those false starts. Because... If Taylor starts messing up, it's going to upset that rhythm of that Chiefs offense, and I think that it could have a really big swing on this game. Uh, so my my thoughts on Jawan Taylor here: uh, if you if you get to the second quarter 
and they're not calling the false starts and the, all that kind of stuff on Mr. Taylor. Um, there is something that he is certainly not good at, and that is making sure that the defender uh, doesn't have the ability to, to raise their arms. So if a pass is coming anywhere near the, your passing lane as a defensive end, you can get your arms up and, and, and deflect it or move it. Um, and so there's an opportunity for, uh, you know, running backs out of the backfield or, uh, tight ends in the flat or whatever, um, that you could probably disrupt pretty easily by just getting your arms up. And I know that, uh, Bosa and the like, uh, are going to be, are going to be doing that. That's probably a coach em up moment for them. Uh, so. You know what? You you have the offensive tackle. We've we've given love to the big guys. I think we've gotten plenty of uh, of big guy love out there. Let's go with the little bitty guys. So the little fast speedster guys. Let's talk about Trent McDuffie for the Kansas City Chiefs. Cornerback uh, um, is one of the most impactful players that the Chiefs had versus the Ravens. Um, gave up some big chunk yardage. But when it was needed, punches the ball out from Zay Flowers, and um, you know they 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 got the touchback. Uh, it is going to be uh, you know if Brock Purdy gets the ball downfield or uh, is using the wide receivers properly, Trent McDuffie's going to have a long game. Um, he is very talented. He is an underrated guy. On this team, as you know, there's a lot of other star power out there. I uh, I really do think that he's going to have to have a good game, and whatever he does, it's going to be impactful on the game. He gives up those chunk yardage. It's going to be a long day for the Chiefs if he can uh, if he can keep those those plays under wraps. Um, you know, the uh, the Chiefs have an opportunity. I like where you're coming from, Derek, but I'm going to go with the other side of the ball and cool. someone that McDuffie might be facing off against. And uh, that is the man himself, Tyson Raekwon, also known as Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. the wide receiver for the 49ers. Uh, Debo Samuel was, it, it's been talked about a lot this year. Uh, when they had their three-game losing streak during the middle of the year, Debo was out when they were struggling against the Packers in that game. Debo was out. Mm -hmm. The things that he does for this team are so impactful because he, he's elusive. He, he gets the yards after catch. He scores touchdowns in a lot of different ways. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, Derek, but he had, Seven receiving touchdowns this year and five rushing touchdowns this year. Like, for someone who you normally just think of as primarily a receiver, like, he does have that quote-unquote wide-back role that he dubbed for himself a couple of years ago. And he's just good. Like, he's going to have an impact on this game. The question is, how much of an impact does he have? And I think that that 
Debo McDuffie head to head battle is going to be an excellent chess match for us to be able to keep an eye on. Uh, Derek, we're only doing 10 players here at pick number eight. So who do you have in your next to last spot for you? Yeah. So for me, I think this is, I mean, we'll talk about the, the game here in just a moment. Uh, but I do think that butts are very important in this game. And so my impact player is going to be Harrison Butker, uh, the kicker for the Chiefs. And uh, I, I do think that with these two defenses going head-to-head, you're going to have to have the better kicker. Um, and for me, uh, I'm not taking Jake Moody. I'm taking Harrison Butker, guy who's been there, a guy who has shown me that um, this team, you know, the team is rallies around him. Whatever is happening, he can make that play, I think. So that's going to be my impact player. Derek, we've got players from a lot of different sides of things. Mm-hmm. We've got Chiefs defensive players. We've got Chiefs offensive players. We've got Chiefs specialists. We've got 49ers offensive players. We haven't mentioned a 49ers defender yet. I've at least got to go ahead and get one out there. And I'm going to go ahead and go with Fred Warner. Yep. Like What Fred Warner, and uh, you could argue that it, his counterpart there at linebacker, Dre Greenlaw, they go hand in hand. Cause I do think that what you get from Fred is raised when you have Greenlaw next to him. They're so rangy. They're so mm-hmm. athletic that it is very difficult and it disrupts a lot of what a defense does. Uh, you mentioned Travis Kelsey earlier. Fred Warner needs to have an impact on that. Um, I think if you talk about Isaiah Pacheco, which we haven't called out by name, but is definitely a player to watch. Um, he has an impact there too. Fred Warner does. Fred Warner impacts how you game plan your offense, whether or not you want him to. And I think it's, it might sound a little ridiculous to some people because we have, uh, Nick Bosa and Chase Young, people who have more name recognition because of their sacks on the defensive side of the ball. But to me, uh, Fred Warner is going to be out there uh, potentially changing up play calls against Patrick Mahomes, changing up play calls. There's going to be uh, a little bit of cat and mouse, and uh, I think it will be fun to see Warner do that strategically with the overall defense. No, you're exactly right. This is um, – I had it on my uh... – I had him on my own list as well, and I uh, uh, I, I just hadn't gotten to him. But with my last pick of the draft, uh, I'm breaking the rules. I am going to take a quarterback uh, in my last spot because I think he's going to be a very impactful player, and yet he's never going to play it down. My impact player is Sam Darnold. Uh, and what I say by this is we saw what happened last year um, in the NFC title game, the Niners versus the Eagles. Um, I think that the, the Niners were a better team than the Eagles. The Eagles looked really good last year and tush push, brotherly shove, all that kind of stuff. Really good defense. Um, I get it. But 
A couple plays into the game, Brock Purdy gets hurt, arm gets ripped asunder. Uh, then Josh Johnson comes in, gets a concussion. They have no quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, Christian McCaffrey tries to run the ball, tries to, to wildcat as much as he can. Brock Purdy goes back out there, tries to throw a pass or two. Um, you know, he has no arm, so it's just, it, it was worthless. And the score looks a lot worse than it uh, actually was. 41 to 7. Eagles look like they absolutely dominated that game. They did because there wasn't a quarterback on the other side. Uh, for my sake, um, if you get the head hunting going on, because it is a Super Bowl, um, and you and Brock Purdy, if something happens to Brock Purdy, uh, you're going to have a backup quarterback that I think can go out there and run this offense. We've seen some Sam, Sam Donald this year in some cleanup time. I still think he's got a, uh, a really good hold of the offense. Um, and I think he's a better backup than Josh Johnson was last year. And so you have a safety net there. If Brock Purdy has to go out there and scramble, if Brock Purdy has to go out there and the offensive line doesn't hold up and Chris Jones, uh, the number one pick in our draft here, gets to him, I think that, that uh, having Sam Donald in your back pocket is going to impact this game. Nice. I like what you're what you're doing there. And it'll be it'll be interesting. If nothing else, I feel like it lets you go out there with more confidence and letting Brock Purdy take a little bit of extra risk because you know that Darnold is someone that you trust behind Purdy because he's been there all year compared to you know, Purdy got promoted throughout the year last year and the people behind him you were like I don't know about this. Uh, even Josh Johnson, if he was not hurt, was not a great option. Uh, Sam Darnold, if Purdy gets hurt, is a fantastic option, and you are dang right about that. Derek, uh, are you ready for some props? Yes, let is, let's prop it up. So, this is time for our prop bet draft. I was able to draft first on the impact player draft. Derek will draft first in this prop bet draft. I found these online from Bovada. You can submit them yourself if you would like to. There are a total of 20 prop bets that are 50-50s, one side or the other. And I find that this is always a little bit of entertainment and a little bit of chaos for us because... Uh, if Derek takes one side, I will end up having the other side and vice versa, but it is going to be quite a bit of fun and chaos as we go through this list of 20. Derek, you do have the top pick. You've been able to look at the list. What do you want first? Yeah, okay. So one of the biggest props out there um, is will Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift on the field, uh, yes or no? Um, this, of course, is going to be my my first pick. I'm going to take no on this. Uh, I see a, there's a better chance of Travis Kelsey retiring uh, at the end of the Super Bowl than it will be for uh, him to propose. 
Um, neither one of them are that type of uh, of people having to have the spotlight on them for a proposal or something like that. Now, a couple weeks afterwards, everything is settled down. We all of a sudden see an Instagram post about, uh, you know, a beautiful beach or something like that. I wouldn't put it past them, but not at the Super Bowl. Caleb, where are you going with yours? Uh, I, I, I love the fact that I can love love and I can root for that to be yes, even though I think that it is probably not the percentage play there. Uh, I'm going to go with will a quarterback win MVP and take yes. It's just likely. Um, that's the way things have gone in the Super Bowl for a while. Even times when I've gone, that quarterback didn't deserve to win MVP. They usually do. So I'm going to go ahead and say quarterback win Super Bowl MVP is a yes. Uh, Derek, what do you want next? Yeah, so you even said Christian McCaffrey is going to be an impact player, and you're taking the quarterback being a, uh, the MVP. Uh, probably going to win that one. Probably, probably going to win that one. Um, okay, so I think will any words be forgotten or omitted from the national anthem? Um, I don't remember who was doing the national anthem, but I am taking no on that one, as I think this is such a big moment that uh, I'm, I'm going to say to say no and give myself an, a hopefully easy two points. I I regret that I did not take this one. This one is Reba McIntyre. So. Oh, gee, there's no way, absolutely no way. <laughs> Yeah, like I I do not like my odds on that one. Uh I'm going to just go ahead and go down. Uh will the game go to overtime? I'm going to say no. Uh not that many games go to overtime. And I think especially in the Super Bowl, you might see someone in analytics saying, "Uh we're going to go for two here" or something versus uh trying to send it to overtime. So I'm going to go with no one overtime. It hasn't happened much in the Super Bowl history, but it could happen. So, uh, Derek, that is my pick. What do you want next? Uh, okay, so will there be a penalty for roughing the passer? Easy yes on this one, um, as Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. Like, at some point in time, you're going to have an overly aggressive Nick Bosa. You're going to have an overly aggressive Chris Jones. Uh, Chase Young, I mean, George Karloff, just, George Karloff is also on my impact player list. Um, you're gonna, you're, the nerves are gonna get to them, and, uh, there's gonna be a rough in the passer. I feel like there's one every five minutes, so I think every that your odds are pretty accurate on that. Uh, I'm gonna go with the will points be scored in the first two minutes, and I'm gonna say no. Uh, I think that these are both two good defensive teams. I think that we're gonna see, Potentially long sustained drives, but I do not see a a quick strike uh, happening in this game. So I'm going to go with no to points in the first two minutes of the game. Okay, I'm moving on to the halftime show. Um, how many songs will Usher perform? The over under for it is nine and a half. I am going to take the over on this, over nine and a half songs. He has got a catalog, like not even a catalog, maybe a tiger log, a lion log. The the catalog is so big that it has moved on from cat to full-blown big cat. 
I don't know if you're making references to Usher songs by what you were saying there. I was or not. It's just random. Okay. Um, you, there's one here. I, I want to join in on, on the halftime show fun, even if I think there might be better picks on the board. Um, it says, will Usher's first song be OMG? Uh, which has a great beat. Uh, it, will I am is featured on that one, but I'm going to go ahead and say no. Usher's first song is going to be yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I, I'm going with the no to OMG because I think that you get this thing started with yeah. My only worry is that yeah is the closer. Uh, so Oof, I'm going with yeah. no to OMG, but. I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed on this one. He's got a lot of great intros. So like you know like where they where they have the hiding behind something or something like that and you and you hear that the beat. Man, there, I mean there could be a lot of great uh opener songs and closer songs. Um so let's let's play some football here. Um I I've been playing around with all the the other stuff. Which will be the highest scoring half? First half is going to be the higher scoring half, as I think the uh, the Chiefs come out um, pretty well and they hold on if they're going to win. Um, also, the 49ers, I think, are going to script the first 20 plays or so, and we're going to see uh, probably some some quick offense. I actually like the second half on that one, so I'm less irritated with this one than I have been on some. But it's also one of those where it could be anything. You never really know. Uh, what will the first offensive play of the game be? I'm going run play. Uh, whether it's a handoff to McCaffrey or Pacheco, I like the odds that they get this game going with a run. Run the dang ball. First offensive play is a run. Uh, you're probably smart on that one here. Uh, I'm going to go down a little bit and say, will the first turnover of the game be an interception? Uh, I'm going to say yes on that. Um, I think it is going to be a ball that bounces off of someone's hands, and Patrick Mahomes has the first turnover of the game. Ooh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have the first turnover of the game. Yeah. Um. They have one here, and I really hope Bovada keeps track of this because it says, who will be shown first? It's going to be Mahomes. Uh, it has Mahomes or Purdy. I'm taking that Mahomes will be shown first because people don't know Brock Purdy. The Chiefs are the team that's been here like 900 times. So <laughs> I'm taking Mahomes will be shown first, uh, definitely. Uh, so I'm moving down to will the game's total points be odd or even? We are going odds on this one as I think, uh, seven and one, uh, you know, those are going to, uh, to, you're probably going to have an odd number of, uh, of points on that one. So like three points, odd, seven points, Odd, you're more than likely going to come together for a uh, for an odd score. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go to the coin toss results. Mm-hmm. Uh, tails never fails, baby. I'm taking tails, and I will leave heads for you, my friend. That uh, works for me. That that one's just that is literally a coin toss on uh, who would get that one. I don't have a have a a, a big issue. Um. Okay, so 
Let's see here. Where we got? Will Alicia Keys appear on the stage with Usher? No, she will not appear on the stage with Usher. Uh, I think they're, they're, we're going to see some cameos, but she is not going to be one of them. Uh, cameos that you want to see. Cameos that you want to see. Oh, man. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I really, it's been a while since I've, I've looked at his cameos that he's had on his songs. I know there's a bunch of them. Um, Little John? Doesn't he have a song with Little John? Am I? Yeah, am I, it, it, I mean, Little myself? John needs to be there to say, yeah. Yeah, okay. And that's all of those things. Um, you could also have Ludacris. Ludic- yeah. Uh, Jake from State Farm. Uh, you could have all these different types of people show up on the stage with Usher. Um, the only reason I think Alicia Keys could be a yes is they do have some hits together. Mm-hmm. Uh, My Boo is probably the biggest one. And... Let's be real. Uh, I think they were both coaches on The Voice at one point or another. So I feel like they have some sort of like on-screen professionalism between the two of them, okay. not just with music. So we'll see if it happens. Um, who will throw for more yards? I'm going with Purdy. I'm going to say Purdy throws for more yards than Mahomes in this game. Uh, yeah, you're probably right about that one. Um, it is a, a, yeah, that's a controversial pick, but also one that I don't mind so much because, like, it could be, it could be, uh, either one of those. I can make a case for either one. So I think, um, we have coin toss and, yeah, so who win the, yeah, well, who will win? We'll have total points scored. So who will win the coin toss? I am going to say the Chiefs are going to win the the coin toss, and the 49ers are going to uh, start the on offense. Oh, Chiefs will defer. Uh, will there be over or under 47.5 total points scored? Give me the under. If there's one thing spread-wise that I like in this game, it's going low. Um, I know the last time they played, they went over that amount, but that was a couple of years ago. The Chiefs are a more defensive team, and I just think that it's going to be a gritty, grindy, physical game, and there's not going to be a ton of points put out in this one. Uh, thank you for that. That one is a – that was free for me. Um, as I was going to take the other side of it. Um, and so I think we're at the who will win, the Chiefs or the 49ers. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs. As I think they are going to, uh, to get after it. And the, uh, even though I have bandwagoned for the 49ers for the last two years, uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it's tough. Uh, for a while, I know I've been saying I don't want to go against the defending champs. That's what I said against Buffalo when I finally made that pick. Um, I took them against Baltimore despite, despite the fact that I, my brain said Baltimore was going to be able to be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't. Uh, they were not fine. The Chiefs were fine. Uh, Derek, uh, you were able to draft that first. Uh, I was able to draft the impact player draft first. Uh, 
Uh, we are down to our score predictions. As I said earlier, the 49ers are one and a half point favorite. Uh, we already talked about the over under a few moments ago. Uh, we both like different sides of that. Uh, do you want to go first on your score prediction or do you want me to go first on a score prediction? Uh, why don't you go ahead and go first? Cause I got to do some math over here. All right. Derek doing some math. So I will, uh, elongate my uh my prediction here a little bit i think that like i said it's going to be a gritty game it's going to be a physical game uh definitely there's going to be a penalty oh i missed a prop bet i missed a prop bet who will score the first touchdown i'm going to go ahead and just say chiefs yeah I'll, i'll take the chiefs on that one you get the 49ers i was like wait we have one here that i didn't pick sorry about that y'all this is what happens when we podcast in real time. So, uh, like I said, great game, physical game. I think there could be a potentially a couple of impact turnovers from both sides. Um, you know, Derek mentioned McDuffie. He could have a critical pick. Uh, we didn't mention Jake Moody at all so far, but I think that he's, he's missed some kicks. I'm, I'm a little concerned about the rookie being on the big stage here. In Vegas, I don't know that he's going to have the best day. But when everything comes together, I just look at this and go, we have two amazing teams. I'm going to lean towards the one that has had the most rest and I think is the most healthy. I'm going to go ahead and go in here and say 49ers 20, Chiefs 14, which also gives me the uh, the even since Derek took the odd number of points earlier. So I wanted to make sure I got that <laughs> circulated in there correctly. Uh, with the 49ers covering in this one a little bit, um, maybe the 49ers miss an extra point too. I think that this could be that the 49ers score three touchdowns, the Chiefs two, and it's just a six-point margin of victory where it comes down to the end. Uh, the Chiefs try to get enough to, to get the win. But there is no uh, lateral from Travis Kelsey to Kadarius Tony because Kadarius Tony will not be playing and and will not be lining up offsides. So, uh, Derek, I know you disagree. Uh, let's let's hear your score prediction here. Okay, everyone, hold on to your happy pants uh, and everyone, hold on to your hats because um, somehow uh, offensive has returned. We have 34 for the Chiefs, 27 for the Niners. Um, that gives me to a odd number, 30, uh, 61. And so these are two teams that uh, the Chiefs have been there plenty of times, know what they're doing, know what preparation is, um, for lack of a better term. They have a better practice facility. And, um, are, even though it's a Raiders practice facility, like, um, they do know how to win in that stadium. Um, as, uh, so I, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to run up and down this field, uh, on here. Uh, Kelsey probably has two touchdowns. Butker has, uh, two field goals, probably less than 30 yards apiece. Um, and, 
uh, the Niners are going to be able to to run the ball. They're going to be able to score. But I think this is a, a more of a track meet than it is a close game, as I think we have offenses that are just going to go out there and do some stuff. And uh, the Chiefs walk away with the uh, Super Bowl. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how all of this happens. And I know that uh, no matter what happens, it's the final game for a while. So I know I'm excited to see it. I'm excited for this moment where everyone kind of rallies around the Super Bowl. If you want to share this with someone that you're going to watch the Super Bowl with, please do that. We would really appreciate that. Um, also know that score predictions that we came up with, they're also going to be doing a contest. We're doing one with at Daily Grind Pod on X, where you can have a chance to win an Amazon gift card. So I know that everyone will be wanting to check that out if you can predict the score correctly. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be chaotic, but that's the Super Bowl. We'll have everything, all of our takes next week, including our reaction to Travis Kelsey's proposal on the field. After. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, all of our, our Swifty news and all of our NFL news for sure. Uh, and our, our reactions to Usher probably because anytime I've done this, I usually have here some major points and we got to talk about the halftime show because it is the Super Bowl halftime show. It exists and there's some people that literally just watch the halftime show and could care less about the game. To those people I say I'm confused, but I hope you have a good time. There is a a football game uh book ending their concert. Exactly. I mean there were definitely people who felt that way last year about Rihanna. So I'm sure there are people that feel similarly about Usher. Uh all of this being said, y'all Football's fun. We hope you're having fun. As I said earlier, my name's Caleb Walgren. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We really do appreciate it. On behalf of my co-host, Eric, we are signing out. Later, y'all. Bye, guys.